0: Welcome, Neil, uh, to the Total Recall podcast. Um, It's great to finally have you on here. I know we've been talking for a number of weeks um, around your technology, and uh, you are indeed the founder of a company called uh, Portainer, portainer.io, which is focused on uh, containers and Kubernetes. So I'm going to not assume where the name for the business comes from, but I'll uh, I'll hand over to you to introduce if you don't mind. Sure. Thanks, Will. So... Portainer is actually a play off
1: the great big uh, cranes you see down at the ports you know those great big high cranes those things are actually called Portainers that's Mm -hmm. their actual brand name Portainer which was interesting when we came to try and trademark Portainer.io but different story (laughs) Um, and the, the whole premise of those monstrous cranes is to load and unload containers from ships as efficiently as possible and I thought at the time that perfectly describes what I want us to do. I want us to help unload and load, you know, start, stop, uh, container-based applications as quickly and efficiently as possible. So that's where it came from, actually.
0: Oh, nice. Ironically, um, another podcast of ours I did with a guy from Tanzu, um, Brian Ross, and the analogy that he used was those portainers when we started talking about Kubernetes and what the hell it was and where it comes from. So, yeah. Free free branding. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was, I thought it's pretty interesting. I mean, you, you started to allude to it when we were just chatting beforehand um, and trying to change people's perceptions um, of what you guys do. Um, so why don't you just tell tell me a little bit about that. So what did you do that now you do differently?
1: Well, We've been around a while, actually. Um, I, I would say we're probably one of the old dogs uh, in regards to the container ecosystem. You know, we, we first started out, I think it was around 2016. I kind of lost track of time. Um purely as a a graphical ui to manage docker standalone environments um and morphed that to docker swarm and we we were kind of you know stuck on docker swarm for quite some time you know we we've focused from day one on making it ridiculously easy to to deploy and manage our container based applications on on the on the underlying platform and for a long time we kind of held out on kubernetes because we just couldn't find a way to make kubernetes you know usable by by mere mortal humans um and so we, we held it held it held out and then you know two years ago kind of made the pivot said all right okay kubernetes is kind of stabilized now the ipas are sta- the apis are stabilized now um we can actually really get in there and and kind of add add value to that whole layer and make it far easier to, to consume so what we were was a was a docker tool and it's fair to say that probably most people who listen to this podcast would probably know us as a as a docker tool um but we've spent substantial time, money, effort rebuilding the product to be a container deployment tool across any orchestrator, any Docker runtime, anywhere. So we even support Nomad as an example.
0: Oh, okay. So so if you think there's people listening here who are in the platform engineering community, that they're in the software engineering community, their SREs, what you know, whatever they may be, who's the user, you know, who's the perfect person for you to kind of reach out to now and say, right, if you're doing this, this is what we can do.
1: Yeah, we, we've always had a relatively long-held uh, ideal customer profile or ideal user profile, um, and in all honesty, it's actually an enabler for those that might not otherwise be able to. So there's in in IT there's quite a large gamut of skill and uh, capability. You know, I, I use the phrase taking to tech like a duck takes to water, right? You know, in any, any duck and then on the water, and, and it's happy, happy as not everyone has that same capability when it comes to technology new technology for others for some people takes a long time to to sort of gel in their mind and and figure their way through it and Cortana was really built for that type of person or more generally an organization or company with that type of IT you know staff It's it's to say well they really want to use something like kubernetes but their people are really struggling to get their head around it and there's too many levers, too many dials, too many switches, too many variables, too many too many configuration options we just want to use the damn thing and so yep. so Portena from day 1 has been targeted towards those who just want to use the tech they don't want to have to get around and fiddle with all the switches and dials hmm. so that that's kind of put us down down a particular you know channel we mm-hmm. we've, we, we 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 attract that type of user um and so the SRE or expert persona sometimes looks at looks at Montana and says, What for? We can we can do all this with, with fully automated code. And so we've we've also gone on a bit of a, a journey of discovery ourselves and said, Well, yep, it's pretty cool actually enabling those that that would otherwise struggle, but at the same time we can't alienate those that also would like to benefit from mm. a lot of our other capabilities like centralization of user, user identity, role-based access control, API proxies. There's a bunch of really cool capability in the product, but, but that that particular audience wouldn't adopt that tech from us because of this other piece of container, which kind of feels a bit unnatural for, for experts.
0: And I suppose that then um, alleviates one of the problems that I'm seeing um, and that we're seeing at Recall is, the demand for kubernetes specialist talent you know a lot of people are asking now for certain specialisms uh, when it comes to deployment production environments of kubernetes um and i think the demand is not quite yet met by the talent uh, from what i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of people that are aware of kubernetes and then have seen people use kubernetes but you know there are not a a host of people who can go and actually install it and use it in the production environment and actually be you know hands-on um efficient with it so i guess then your technologies is kind of plugging a bit of a gap in the market there where perhaps the skill sets may not be as as high as what people need them to be you know you can then use portainer to kind of bridge that gap is that is that fair yeah
1: i'm going to show my age but there there, there was this, this phenomenon called a paper mcse Right. Um, where where you could go and buy all of the, the Microsoft MCSE boot camps and you could you you could exam cram and and they taught you the answers to the to the exams. They didn't teach you what you were doing, they taught you the answers to the exams. And unfortunately, I'm seeing that same trend happen again now with, with CKA, CKD, the, the you know the actual Kubernetes certifications. People are posting exam crams and they're learning the exam crams, passing the exams and getting certified, mm. which does nothing. To help the actual adoption of the, of the technology from people who have hands on you, know, uh, uh, you know blood on their back from 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 the whips, trying to figure out how this thing actually works in reality and le- learning all the pitfalls that come with with, with the product. You know, Kubernetes is, is it's an amazing piece of, of technology. You know, first in my career we've had a, had a piece of technology that's unified the way that you you deploy and manage infrastructure, mm. but it's so infinitely flexible unless you know what you're doing. You you can accidentally get yourself something that that you put into production, but you don't act, you don't actually know what you're doing. So when when something if something goes wrong, and eventually it will, everything does, and probably it's, probably it's DNS. But yeah, you know, oh, so man. something something will go wrong if you don't know how to triage that because because you, you kind of stumbled your way and, and and you got it working you're in for a world of pain and it it's it's people who have gone through that world of pain that that have yeah. genuinely learned experiences that are rare as hen's teeth rare as hen's teeth and yeah. it, it, it's that it's that <clears throat> it, it's that skill that capability that we're, that we're trying to prop up with with portaina say well okay so if 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 that skill is rare well then when when a company manages to get one let's make sure that one person is only doing the coolest most technical stuff and let's alleviate all of the boring stuff from them and Hmm. let's let pautainer do that for them
0: oh right okay that's interesting and and i think from you know from what you're saying there in like real use case environments where people have got blood on their back um (laughs) I mean the post that you uh, interacted with of mine the other day which was calling for help really from the Kubernetes community to say right how do you actually assess and identify um, you know individuals and their Kubernetes journey and where they do have blood on their back and honestly I've had so many people message me and saying I'm in exactly the same boat you know these are people that run tech divisions these are people that are you know trying to hire these people themselves saying you know I'm, I'm, I'm finding it difficult I'm having a nightmare I use this method I use this method and that everybody's got a different wacky way of, of trying to identify people who have like the the skill sets required. Um, there was never two the same. There was no two. You know, <laughs> someone said set up a you know a hosted cloud environment. Somebody said, well, we just ask them these questions. And you know, it's quite interesting to see how everybody approaches it differently. I mean, what 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 is your kind of approach? Because obviously, you've built a business now, which has had six million dollars of investment. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, more actually, twelve. What, 12 nice okay so you've had 12 million dollars uh, put into the into the business which obviously inherently means either you know growth of staff personnel um growth of the product uh, maybe they both go hand in hand you know what's been your challenges and how have you, you identified the right people for your business
1: you see one of the things with us right so we we're, we're trying to build a product that makes it easier to, to do something in order to make it easier, we have to understand that thing that we're trying to make easier better than anyone else. So it's forced us to go and hire a bunch of really, really, really talented individuals who have been operating these platforms on a day-to-day basis. Now, a lot of these people uh, are incredibly expensive. And so we, we end up contracting some of their skill or, or we, we've hired some, we, we have hired some internally, um, but you need to, you need to learn from them. You have to ask them a lot of questions and learn. Okay. So in, in, in production, in this type of scenario what what would you do what are the things that you would look for how 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 would you set this up and then and then we're we're trying to build their experience in code and that that's basically what we've done we've tried to encode best practices into the product and understanding Mm -hmm. the 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 way that i did it i actually actually worked really hard to find one person who was amazing and then i had that one person hire other amazing people Um, there's a thing um yeah a a employees hire a employees yeah uh, yeah, B, B employees hire C employees. So make make sure that you, that you get an A employee and have that A employee say, find someone who's as good as you, if not better. And they <laughs> and they will. So
0: interesting. Yeah, they, Delegate. They, I they, like
1: it. <laughs> yeah, that their first hire is hard, but one, once once you got their first hire, then that first hire can hire all the others because they they're not going to hire someone who who's lower than them. They're going to try and try and hire a peer.
0: Oh, right. Okay, that's pretty interesting. um Maybe I could use that internally for for myself. Um... And I think it, I find it interesting as well um, from a, you know, from a funding perspective, because I've been speaking to a few um, VCs, um, a couple of which are, are, are on the podcast, um, around the state of funding at the moment and the and the VC appetite, uh, you know, for startups and, and to start throwing large sums of money. I mean, $12 million of investment is a significant figure. Um, you know, what, what was the journey for you from... Um, I mean obviously you're ex-ibm you've gone from ibm one of the biggest brands on the planet across all brands um to self-employment to now uh you know uh, a cool kubernetes uh organization with 12 million dollars behind them how, how did that journey kind of uh take take its course uh some some people say i don't play well with
1: others um so, <laughs> so um but no i I've always had this innate desire to to solve problems, and working for somebody, you're always kind of limited or constrained into the problems that you can solve. Um, and so, I found it easier to go out, uh, go out, and you know, work with work with other people, uh, other like minded um, you know, people who said, "Well, we actually want to try and." Yeah, you know, deliver a better IT experience. We want to. We want to deliver. You know, we we went out and you know, the three of us went out and built a VMware consulting practice, and that consulting practice got really, really strong. You know, I've, I've had twenty years VMware experience, roughly, I think it is. Um, so you became really competent in virtualization, and that 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 allowed me to travel around Asia and get a lot of a lot of exposure to incredibly large banks and telcos and everything you can possibly imagine. Um, but still, the, the common thread through that is I just love solving problems. Um it's it's as simple as that and yeah you know, when when I when I stumbled across the docker technology way back when I'm like man this this tech is is an absolute game changer it's it's mm-hmm. there's no way once someone sees how this works they're never going to go back to VMs again it's you know VMs seem so old-fashioned this this is this is like the, the it's going to be the way and I thought man you know but virtualization technology it's so mature you know, the tooling is well understood. It has a very, very wide range of skilled people in the market. Pretty much any country in the world you can go to there's, there's at least VMware certified people everywhere, any country, you name it. Um, and it's very well understood and I thought, well, hang on this this new tech is going to be a game changer, but it's going it's going to have the same struggles that VMware did back in the day how can we how can we learn from that how can how can we actually try and, and bootstrap how can we bring these things together and I, I just i just naturally started solving problems in my mind and, and those problems or the solutions to the problems in my mind i was thinking ended up in a product called portainer so that's just the way it is
0: and how what's your um perspective uh in your experience um of the go-to-market strategy of what is effectively a dev first company um you know do you do you take the you know the plg approach the bottom-up kind of sell because um, your your background, you're not you're not a uh, you know a, a salesperson per se. Um, you know you come from a problem solving technologist background, um, and I've seen a lot of companies who are dev first um, not hire salespeople. You know that they hire people like yourself who are very good communicators, good problem solvers, who you know uh, can get in front of customers and and do just that. Um, whereas some people still stick to what I I perhaps see as more of a traditional route to market, which is you know, hire a uh, you know first person in the territory sales then a mm-hmm. sdr and a marketer you know what 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 have you seen work well what has perhaps not worked well one versus the other
1: so we're not necessarily a dev first organization right so so portainer has two kind of personas it has the the operator persona so ops admin call them what you like and that particular person whoever owns the platform that particular person is the person who decides to deploy Portainer and use Portainer to set up golden paths and with those golden paths set up a whole bunch of, of capability that the devs can then go and consume safely through Portainer's transparent API. Devs may or may not use Portainer to do their to do their, their day-to-day activities. They they may choose to log in and, and use our, our guided tool set. They may choose to leverage our API proxy directly. So we're not mm-hmm. necessarily dev-first um, and so as a result, we, we we decided that we weren't a pure PLG company. Yes, there is a PLG element to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is more in regards to influence. You know, people hear about Portaino. I'm on so many, so many... Um, yeah, sales calls, and someone says, "Oh, yeah, my 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 boss is using Portainer at home, and said it's amazing, and said that we should actually look at it at work." We we got into some of the biggest name brands in the world because someone's boss used Portainer at home. Yeah. So from from that perspective, we're PLG in regards to influence, but in regards to selling, we're not so much because because we go in and take take control of the infrastructure, the 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 Portainer platform that you install expects to take control of, of all the clusters that you're going to now going to manage behind it. Mm-hmm. It is more of an architectural or a managerial decision to say, yep, we, we want to put this thing in and, and this is going to be our our, our, our control point for mm-hmm. all of these clusters underneath it. And so in that regards, we actually have a, a consulting selling team as well. So people like me who are consulting selling. And so an organization can say, here's my problems. How can you help me? And, and we'll, we'll consult and sell in that regards. Okay.
0: So how do you... um how do you get from point A to point B from where you've got these consulting engineers, these people who, who can go and have those conversations and get them in front of the right person? You know, you, like you say, you've got somebody um, on numerous occasions, I would, I would presume, who have come across your, uh, your platform by one guys or another started using it at home in their lab environment. And then thought, actually, Mm -hmm. this is, this is really good. Let's get this into the work environment. How do you, how do you, how do you do that? How do you target and get into the eyeballs and onto the fingertips of that person at home? Well, that that's, that's the, the PLG element, right? So, so that
1: you'll notice that we we've got, we've actually got two, two free products. We've got our, our open source community edition, Mm -hmm. which is about 70% of the features of our, of our full commercial variant. Then we've actually got our five nodes free offering, which is the full commercial version, mm. free free for use for five nodes. And we said five nodes is a pretty good size for a home lab. Yeah, you know, most most home labbers would have five nodes
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably. Um, and so we we said let's let's make it really really easy for for the home labbers, the experimenters, the tinkerers to To get our full version and be able to play with it all, because then then they they get really competent in the tech, they understand the tech, they trust the tech, mm. and then and then when the time's right and and they they happen to overhear a need inside their work, like ah, I I I I've got a solution. So most of our our inquiry comes from direct inbound. So we're right. pe- pe- people are hitting us on a website and saying hey we've actually heard about you through XYZ or, or from from this particular person we we've got a problem we think you can solve can you can you help us and that, right, that's okay. how we get most of our inbound probably 95 percent of our inbound the rest of it is events and other traditional you know marketing stuff
0: okay so you're, you're effectively teasing users into the you know the use of open source with five nodes at home um, and then once they realize how how cool this thing is um, you know that they're bought in and they they then have to subscribe i don't like the word
1: teasing because the so people using it at home it's always free for them yeah right so 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 they use it at home they actually learn the tech trust the tech it's when they then go take it to the office
0: yeah yeah
1: that and even in the office the office can subscribe for a five node free license too and get going but then then eventually they they get their sixth node seventh node, eighth node and now now Mm -hmm. it's actually a commercial transaction
0: Okay, okay. So let's say that there's somebody um, listening who's in marketing, because one of the um, one of the interesting things that I've seen over the last twelve months is people trying to transition from traditional marketing, um, you know, B to B, B to C, into B to D, um, you know, and being a, a dev rel, for example, um, or a product marketer for dev communities. Um, so those people transitioning, they they're not typically um, from this environment where we know what a node is, you know, you know, how do how do I approach people who are, or you know, what's a node? So if we if we kind of take the tech talk down to a level where you know people like me understand what we're talking about, like so if you say nodes, what 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 is a node? Uh, okay, so what is a
1: node? It is a a unit of compute processing power that runs a Docker
0: engine or 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 some other some other a uh, container runtime. So this is somebody at home that's got quite a good setup. They've got quite a high, you know, a high performance computer and they're, they're you know that into inter they're into you know
1: yeah, their so home. At at home, a node might be a Raspberry Pi, it might be an Intel Nook, it might be an old PC that they've oh, that, okay. that they've re, that they've actually rebuilt with Ubuntu and, yeah. and, and and they've installed Docker on it, or or they've they've got they've got a three node cluster and they're running micro k eights or yeah. or k 3s and they want they wanna want to install something on it, they manage it. Right, okay. That, so that that's that kind of that kind of
0: analogy there so would you say is that is that b to d would you say or is that or is that b to c because you've got you're getting people to use it i would say it's it's b
1: to e to engineer um, <laughs> okay so it it's it, it's just someone who who likes using technology to solve problems that's, that's as simple as that it could be a developer it could be could be an a an engineer <clears> who <throat> is being told to go and deploy the latest the latest you know fancy off the shelf application because mm. don't don't forget kubernetes is not just for developers there are organizations out there who buy software and that software ships as containers and and yeah so, some poor soul has to get that software from the vendor and yeah. get it running on kubernetes that is uh-huh. that there's no or devops person there because they're, they're not actually developing code so yeah kubernetes is far far more than than just for devs so so it it, it's an engineer an it it administrator it engineering it architect it's that type of person that we're speaking to so yeah. i would say i'd say b, b to e right and, and how and and it's very different because engineers don't 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 lie to each other they just you just don't right no no engineer is going to throw another one under the bus so mm. um the you, the product has to do what it says on the box so never make any overinflated claims about what you're going to do be very very careful. It's it's. It's almost anti-marketing. You've just got to be legit. This is what yeah. we do. This is the benefit. Don't make bold claims. Just th- th- this is it. And and it's funny because like a marketer will like, hang on a second. We're not we're not hyping this up. It's not graphic. Like <laughs> yeah. Back it's like yeah. yeah but it, but if we amp it up, they, they they simply will not believe it and they'll move on.
0: Yeah, that is that is one of the um resounding messages that I see in the you know in the devrel the dev advocacy community where people say to me you know, if we, if we slip off 0.1% and it doesn't do exactly what I said, people disengage and they tell mm-hmm. everybody not to engage. Absolutely, <laughs> It's ruthless. It's a ruthless game. The dev game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, I understand you you're off to America uh, for a period of time to, to go and beat the drum over there and see some new customers. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, most of our adoption is actually America and Europe. Um, uh, and so we're we're sponsoring some events up there, um, and so yeah, we've got got three events in America. i got one event in Europe to go to go to go attend the the canonical um, event over in Europe. Nice. Um, there's there's just a lot a lot going on, and and you know I'm just really trying to spread the words of what we are now as opposed mm-hmm. to what we were um sometimes i say it's harder actually actually um re- not not rebuilding a brand but expanding the market perception of a brand versus building a brand new i'm not sure not sure which is easier um, <laughs> so so we haven't spent a lot a lot of time and effort saying that this is what we are this is what we do now yeah. take a look you know any any kind of perceptions you had of us a year ago probably a long gone and, and the product has evolved so much you know with with that money from vcs mm. most of it has
0: gone into engineering Oh, right. Okay. So the the product is, uh, you know, is very much on point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, Europe, what are the dates that you're in
1: Europe? Uh, 7th, 8th, 9th of
0: November, I think it is. Okay. So if any, any engineers or if anybody that's, you know, running large. Yeah. Oh, in Prague. Very nice. Okay. Um, And then America, you go from Europe to America to two more events, you say? So go up to the US. I've got an event in New
1: York, then going to KubeCon, um, and then to Prague and then back to the US to go to Gartner in Vegas um, oh, nice. in early December.
0: Okay. Um, so what I'll do then is see if, you know, anybody in those um, locations at those times wants to get together and talk to you um, you know, about Patena and, and potentially, you know, what it can do and its functionality, um, they can reach out to you directly. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, we Okay. okay.
1: My email address is shared everywhere. Uh, you, you'll see me very active on Twitter. You'll see me very active on Reddit, uh, taking my life into my own hands. Yes. Um, and and my and my email address is there, just Neil at So pretty, okay. e- pretty easy to reach.
0: Well, I'll I'll share that, and I I shared actually your Reddit post um, with a few people that I know in the industry, and they said that you were very brave as a CEO to share a you know, <laughs> to share a Reddit post as you did. What what you know what prompted you to do that? You're obviously backing yourself super hard doing that.
1: I, I just i just really wanted to know how we can be more appealing to the expert user I mean we we've already we've already got our ICP for that that non-expert or the person needs help kind of kind of down down pat we, we we know that people love us for that but this other audience they there they're, they're, they're are very different audience very different use cases very different expectations and I'm like well i can't I can't just go aimlessly start trying to trying to you know, tell the portana story to that audience. I'll just get shot down. I first of all need to understand what do they think. And mm-hmm. I I I expected it to be bad because we never we never built a product for that audience. Um and so I, I just wanted to understand and and I got I, I think it was very well received. I got I got a lot of very, very positive feedback and I've come away from that and I've already built a strategy which we'll be talking about very soon um around what what we're going to do and and, and how we're we going to be having a, a whole new product portainer kubernetes platform nice. um which True. is going to be focusing specifically to that kind of sre devops person and it's it's going to be 100 percent infrastructure as code based oh and wicked that and, and that, that was all thanks to the honesty of these people responding to that reddit post
0: that's the good thing about that the community isn't it you know it's a, it is a very helpful community yeah you know as as a Again I, pr- I showed with that post I put on the other day I've, I've had so many dev engineers, so many dev leaders come to me with their ideas with help. you know people have given me some some great offers to say if you need some help and I can come onto a call with you and help you assess and give you a, a framework. it is a very helpful community of people in the Dev and if you obviously you know take a, a I don't even, I don't think it's a risk, but if you if you're brave and you put yourself out there, you get the results and now your next iteration of the business could take you onto, you know, another level of revenue. So it's, it's commendable for sure.
1: Yeah. It could have backfired uh, spectacularly. Um, and uh, I, think, I think the main thing is just going in and being humble, just saying, look, this is, yeah. this is what I'm trying to achieve. You know, yeah. I was being very careful to make sure it was clear that I was asking for help that I wasn't trying to sell to them because it. Mm. That that's actually a fine line in perception, and if you cross that line, it would it would have gone terribly. So.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I always say if you're going to fall fall forwards on your face, at least trying to move yep. forwards, not back. So uh, absolutely. You know. um, but look, I, I know i have um, I'm about to run out of time with you, but I, I do appreciate the time that you've uh, you've given me, and hopefully, you know, everybody listening um, now understands the new the new direction, the the new version of the business that you've you've developed, and. We'll be in touch to meet you in america to meet you in prague when you're over um and it proves to be very successful for you thanks for the opportunity that's my pleasure now and it's lovely to meet you
1: and you all right take care yep.